So I came up with the idea to kind of solve that problem. Um, we worked initially with very small businesses, um, micro businesses, and that was that was where my passion was to really empower these small businesses to get their hands on technology that the big guys had, but that they up until that point hadn't had access to. Hey guys, welcome back to the Backstuff Show. This week we have an award-winning entrepreneur on the show. Her name's Leah Hutchin. She is the founder and CEO of Appointed. Um, I'm delighted to have her on the show. So let's go straight into it. This award, you are the number one SME entrepreneur in the universe. Yeah. <laughs> universe, love it. Going straight to the top there. Um, yeah, we were really um, delighted be awarded the Great British Entrepreneur, Small Business Entrepreneur of the Year Award. And mate, was that last year? Was that, was that 2020? No, it was a wee while ago now, actually. Um, 2018, maybe? I'm not entirely sure. Um, but yeah, a little while ago. And we, we've, you know what, we've had a great run of things recently. We have um, won a, a few awards under our belt. We've been doing lots of great work. Um, to the point where this year, like nobody really wants to say they've had a good 2021, I know, but it's the worst, has it? had, had quite a good one. It really sucks, isn't it? It's that thing. It's like, um, oh God, yeah, I lost my job and you know, I've been furloughed for a year and I'm like, yeah, we smashed it. Yeah, sauce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, um, it's like, it's like being pregnant at a funeral. Yep. Um, it's just the worst. <laughs> Brilliant analogy. Um, so, okay. That's actually interesting about awards. So do you see a difference in like traction? Or is there value in winning those awards? Or is it just like a good recognition of success? I'm always interested to know. Yeah, I think um, we have seen some traction come from it. It definitely raises the profile. Um, we try to do as much as we can to maximize that on LinkedIn and NPR. We've definitely had my favorite ever um, PR story, and it may actually have been from that award, thinking about it. Um, we had a customer come to us and say, I've been looking for so long for a solution like yours. I just I need to be able to take bookings and just feel like it should it should be as easy as it is to book a flight. I should be able to enable my business and my customers to book with my business. And I, I saw you in my local newspaper and I thought, you can't have looked that hard, mate. If you <laughs> Google online booking systems, you're gonna find some. And yeah, yeah, I yeah. had appeared in his local paper and it was and it was brilliant and it was so nice. We are always delighted to get customers from wherever you, you get them from yeah i like that so, yeah <laughs> so, so tell me about it so how did you guys come to existence what were you uh like what was the deal like how did you come up with the problem what was the situation so i started appointed when i was made redundant so i often wonder if i hadn't been made redundant would i have had the guts to ditch in the the day job and go full-time um but i was previously a magazine editor. I've worked in publishing and um, my background is in like theatre and, and the arts, um, but then moved into magazine publishing and was the editor of a Homes and Interiors, luxury Homes and Interiors magazine at the time of the financial crash. So as you can imagine, wasn't too kind to us, but I was freelancing and consulting and I just had come up with the idea at the time you couldn't 
as easily engage with independent businesses. So you could book a hairdresser appointment at Tony and Guy, for example, but you couldn't book with a local high street um, salon. Or So I came up with the idea to kind of solve that problem. Um, we worked initially with very small businesses, um, micro businesses, and that was that was where my passion was to really empower these small businesses to get their hands on technology that the big guys had, but that they up until that point hadn't had access to. And then from there, we've moved kind of steadily and, and broadened our horizons. And we now work with everyone from single um, owner operator businesses right up to some of the world's biggest businesses. So we work with a lot of Fortune 500 companies, two of the big four consultancies. We work with a number of retailers, both high street and, and luxury. So we do a, a whole host of, of different things I would never have dreamed of when I was kind of coming up with, with that first idea. That's awesome. What an awesome story. So how, so let, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Like, you know, I, um, I love that sales approach. So you, so what were you doing? So what was your strategy? And look, I guess like, were you just thinking like, I'm going to sell to a few of these people to try and find some product market fit, test it out. Like it doesn't matter if I lose one of these customers necessarily because, you know, the dependency risk on that revenue probably isn't huge. Um, so what were you doing? Just testing out with those smaller ones and just over time, you just moved up the scale. You went from that micro to those mid market businesses and so forth. No, I think we, one of our strengths at Appointed is we are super passionate about, about what we do and we're super passionate about our customers. And I think that's what has led us to move up market because we really, really care about each and every one. So we've been able to really delight those, those micro businesses and word of mouth has been huge for us. You know, we... We do really care. The technology is brilliant, even if we do say, I can say that because I have nothing to do with building the tech. So I can be shamelessly immodest about it. Um, but yeah, the, the technology is brilliant and, and we really do care and we, we go all in with our customers. We like to talk about we're in the trenches with them and, and that kind of, yeah, that amount of care has, has allowed us to move steadily upstream and, you know, in retail specifically, we see a lot of movement between businesses and the amount of times that people will come to us, retailers will come to us and say, oh, yeah, we've got a new marketing director or a new head of operations and they used appointed at their previous um, previous business. So they're, they're saying that this is the tool that we should bring in. So, yeah, that really caring has, has allowed us to steadily move upstream. That's incredible. I think that's um, a completely underutilized superpower of startups is that word of mouth model, you know, because yeah. we were like, you know, so talk to me about that. When you, I mean, look, what you're saying makes absolute sense, right? You know, you want to give your customers that real care. You want to feel like you're going through those trenches with them. What does that practically mean? So what do you, when you bring on a customer and you say you're giving them real care, is it just, do you, is it just time you're dedicating with them? Are you customizing the product for every customer? Like what is it you're doing to help give them that amazing experience? So we don't do any customization as such. It's an evergreen product. So every update that we do to the software goes out to everyone. And I think that was one of the 
decisions that we made very early on that has st stood us in good stead. So if there is anybody kind of early stage thinking of building a software product and thinking, you know, do do I need to customize to really wow my, my customers? I would say you absolutely don't, but you have to make tough choices. So you have to think about things in a way of how can this, how can this one feature that I'm going to build delight as many people as possible so that you don't have to, to keep building and, and customizing? So that's absolutely at the heart of everything that Appointed does. But what we do spend time doing is really understanding a customer's data and and with our enterprise customers. So our small business customers come on, they can test out the platform, they get 14 days free and they can just go wild. We have a team that will offer calls with them to kind of you know give advice on how best to set up, but it's fairly um, light touch and it's about getting the right content into their hands so that they are empowered to make the most of, of the tools. Whereas with our enterprise customers, we just have the ability um, to go deeper with them. So we'll spend time in the sales process and in um, the setup and configuration, really understanding what the KPIs are that drive their business, you know, why they're buying appointed, what the project looks like, what their kind of macro environment is, what their small challenges are. And we'll make recommendations and we'll really kind of work tightly with them um, to, to get it set up for success. And then as we go, we have um, a dedicated account manager on each project. They'll work really closely to make sure that it is performing in the way that they want it to perform and make recommendations about where they should have their booking tools on the website or, you know, if we see quirks in the data, we'll deep dive that, we'll have creative meetings with the clients. Um, we recently did a, a full day, we worked with Fraser's group um, and we did a, a full day with them, a couple of the, the team in the client services team, just did a big creative like virtual whiteboarding and just deep diving and exploring what we can do and the, the problems that we can solve with our clients. And, and that just leads to some magic and, and there's been some great results that we've seen from, from that kind of approach. So yeah, creativity, collaboration, and just, yeah, being up for the challenge. Mm -hmm. And I keep saying it, getting in the trenches with them. I love that look and you, you, I love that. I mean, you've come across as being super you know, uh, engaging as a leader. I'm sure you can really pass that on throughout your, uh, your team. In the current climate, marketing is hard. But do you know what isn't hard? Making sure you never miss an episode of your favourite podcast. So tap the follow button on your podcast and you'll never miss out on the latest episodes of Unicorny or Marketing Difference. You can even go back and listen to our back catalogue of amazing episodes. If you do that, please leave us a review. It would mean so much. So tell me about the journey of you guys. So you started when? So I started appointed as a concept in 2011. So that oh, was right. my backdrop of being made redundant. And then it kind of sat with me for two years. And I outsourced the development of a very simple beta platform to an agency here in Edinburgh. And I spoke to lots of small businesses. I really kind of understood what, what the challenge was. And to be honest, it it kind of felt like it could have just 
fizzled out as a bit of a project. Um, I'd really enjoyed it and I was super passionate about it. And when I look back, I think had I have known that it would take as long to get it off, I don't think I I would have um, really, yeah, had the engagement that I had in those early days. But luckily enough at that time, startups were just really starting to be a thing and they were starting to get support from the government and from private um, enterprises and such like. So I was lucky enough to get taken into Entrepreneurial Spark, which was a startup incubator and accelerator at the time. So it was around loads of other kind of passionate startup people with crazy ideas and going through the ups and downs. And so that got me into a community, which which was brilliant. And then I won one of the um, first Scottish Edge Awards, and that's a government-backed um, cash award. At the time, it was up to £50,000, and, and I was awarded £30,000, but now I think up to like £100,000 or something. So it's a really chunky award that is available for startups in Scotland, and I was awarded £30,000, and I spent that money to bring in our first developer and so the business became a business and that was 2013 and from there on in we've raised 2.5 million now of angel investment built the team so there's 29 of us today and um, we're hiring at the moment so we've got a few new bodies coming in and we've doubled over the pandemic yeah revenues have trebled and there's there's so much good stuff that that has happened over the last few years but actually the company itself is is you know fairly long-standing that's amazing but that's the nature of it isn't it? like you've got to keep at it and you don't know when something's going to yeah. pick up as long as you keep going so okay yeah. a couple of things there one it's a yeah you know, we spoke about it at the beginning you are sensational at winning competitions it turns out um they what what is what is your what is your tip for people who are entering these competitions about yeah, because obviously you're winning time and time again. What is it that separates you from everyone else? Do you know what? It's interesting to hear that perception of us because one of the things that we really do think about, I think you can waste so much time entering competitions. Oh, yeah, yeah and it's like buying a table. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pay for this table. Like, it's a thousand pounds a ticket. Yeah. And then you might yeah. get an award. Yeah. Yeah. So, and also it's getting in the way of doing business, isn't yeah, it? You know, 100%. every moment that you're spending doing applications for things like this is a moment that you're not selling or you're not building or, you know, doing the things that are so much more important in business. So for us, we really only go for things that we think can make an impact. So Scottish Edge Award, I literally had no way of continuing the business without being able to invest in it. I'd um, gone into credit card debt. I'd spent, I'd spent all of my savings. It was, I was all in. I borrowed money from my parents. So it was really the only way that I could see that I could get a chunk of money that would allow me to get to the place where I could go out and raise investment. And, you know, we were just too early to, I was speaking to investors but investors wanted to see more traction and without being able to get the product to a place where it was really reliable because we are business critical. You know, if a business goes live with online bookings, they need to know that their customers are going to be able to book, that it's going to go into the right time. They're not going to have double bookings. So yeah, to get to that place where we could raise investment 
I needed to bring the the development in-house and so I really needed to win that money and when you really need to win something that is when you will hopefully win it so yeah I I went all in um I remember going home early from a big family party to spend more time on my application for that one because it was like well if I don't get this money the business is going to die the great British entrepreneur one was less that um but it was a high profile one it was a uk full uk one where we've been very lucky we've we've got a good profile in scotland but that felt like one for us to be able to to make that jump and so yeah we're strategic about what we go in for and then we go all in and i would say that that's pretty much a pointed mo (laughs) full stop we get we get right in when we're in i love that a lot um well congrats Okay, so in terms of your growth, so it's really hard to know when to grow a business, okay? Because you constantly got people in on LinkedIn all the time. I'm one of them. I'm the worst. I'm always banging <laughs> on about how fast we grow. Yeah, um, but like you've got a lot of pressure about, yeah, go fast, go fast. But you've had a fairly, you know, you, I mean, you are obviously growing super fast throughout the pandemic, but you were quite, you know, measured beforehand yeah so how do you choose when or you know in hindsight how did you choose when to grow or do you just follow demand did you put yourself under pressure by taking more it, money or whatever what do you do it is so hard isn't it to know and you know we're in a lucky position at the moment that we are able to choose that a little bit more you know in the past we were going hell for leather and it was just we grew as as fast as we could grow um but it does take time and i think you know, it's one thing to build a product. It's quite another to get product market fit and to get to a point where that growth is starting to flywheel and it's starting to build more organically. And I think that that's super tough. And one of the things, as I said earlier, I think if I knew how long it would take, whether I would have done it, I, I just don't know because you are into the long haul. And I do think that isn't, recognized in the industry as much as perhaps it should be you know you do I do think out of this pandemic and out of um all of the current challenges there'll be some amazing businesses that are born and I just do hope that a they have the resilience and tenacity to keep going and b that there are investors around who are going to give them that space because for us we've been so lucky we've brought on some amazing investors with great experience great wisdom and just the patience to give us space to build good products and to build something that can compete with, you know, we, we have competitors who are huge and we're, we're constantly bringing clients over from these, you know, very big name competitors because our product is great. And I think if you're not given the space to build that, how can you compete on a global level? So, so yeah, I think the, the key is to kind of be in it for the long haul and and to have the resilience and kind of drive to keep going through that. And that's tough for, for anybody. 100%. Okay, so we're, we're coming up to time. You um already, because it's gone like a lightning bolt. First question, what is your one piece of advice that you would give to every single person who's about to start a business? I would say have have the right people around you and I know that feels a bit woolly but it like literally down to your husband your parents and you know everybody who surrounds you needs to understand that 
a business if you're if you're wanting to build a big business it is going to take so much and I think the difference between winning and losing is having everybody cheering on on your side and and willing to help as well my husband um has been so supportive but also actually just really helpful you know I can you know he he's known in our house often as the midnight spreadsheet man because I'll be like can you just look at this for me because I'm going mad and will you just and having that kind of support around you makes a big difference so if you can't get that from family get it from friends you know talk about entrepreneurial spark before the thing that kept me going was when I was having a really rubbish day, there was somebody having a worse day or there was somebody having the best day of their business career. And all of that, like, comradeship or camaraderie or whatever just helps you get through the tough times because it is so tough. And I think we, we don't talk about that enough. We don't, you know, have those really honest conversations. And, and so you need those people in, in your real life to have those conversations with. same goes actually same goes for like your board pick your board very wisely I think we have been so lucky for that but you know you get somebody on your board who isn't supportive of where the business is going and doesn't believe in your vision and and what you're trying to achieve and that that can be really tough we've been so lucky with our board that they are so supportive um I have friends who who haven't had the same experience and, and that can it can make it really it's not fun, is it? If you've got people within your business that aren't, you know, pulling in the same direction, then the fun goes. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. And last one. What is one mistake that you made during building your business that you hope that no one else makes? Oh, that's a toughie. So many. <laughs> I think it, it's hard to look at any one mistake. I think when the regrets I have are when you make a mistake and you don't just own it straight away and you don't like you try and work through it and you try and kind of bury it or you know it's like oh it'll be fine and actually I've just learned time and time again like so we have a fail forwards channel in in our slack at appointed and it actually like is one of the things that we really try and see as a management team like how are we failing publicly how are the team failing publicly and you know the worse the fail the better the share kind of thing because the more you can say i totally messed up here i think it helps the team to feel safe it helps us to like all of us to learn from each other and it just builds that resilience again so there's nothing I feel, I actually feel so lucky that I'm sat here racking my brains and there's nothing that I'm saying, oh, this was a really major kind of, oh God, that, that really had a huge impact. I suppose one thing, early, early doors, I tried to do too much. And I think that held me up for a long time. We were trying to do a consumer platform um, where businesses could take bookings on a consumer side and we were trying to build the software and the minute we really focused down on the software the business started to move so i would say do as small a project as well as possible especially in the early days so that you can get something off but outside of that so many mistakes but by and large we've owned them and we've learned from them and we've kept moving forward amazing i love that Leah, you've been incredible. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. What a great episode. Thanks so much for coming on. 
thank you it's been brilliant it's flown by okay so good <laughs>